what hour your clock strikes here. It's always Halloween, and I'm always your haunted host, Luce Tomlin Brenner. This is a year-round Halloween history and storytelling podcast brought to you by our very own Patreon Ghoul Gang. Let me be the very first to welcome you, dear lanterns, to the Halloween 2024 season! Yes, it is officially a wrap on Halloween 2023, but... You know when you're with me, baby, Halloween's never over. I keep seeing people lamenting online that they're so sad that the holiday is over. And listen, we all have to go through a Halloween hangover. We go so hard for so long. Some of us are out there in these streets 100 days every single day. And even if you're not doing like the 100-day countdown, I know when you get to October, you are packing that schedule full because I hear what you guys are up to. You tell me everything and I love it, but I also know that means you have to be exhausted. I am exhausted. So I know you definitely are because a lot of you have kids that you're doing stuff with, you're hand making costumes, you're traveling all the way to Salem, you're going hard. So there's always going to be a little bit of a hangover because all of a sudden, like a crash test dummy like situation we hit that brick wall of like November 1st 2nd or 3rd depending I do always say you got All Saints Day and Day of the Dead there's no reason to stop celebrating through the weekend after Halloween all that to be said I know that if you're going hardcore just focusing on Halloween not the other holidays you do feel a little bit of the come down on November 1st on November 2nd it does not have to be that bad though just like when if you go hard for your birthday or Christmas, anytime you're focusing really, really, really intensely on one thing, and then that thing kind of like dissipates, of course, your brain's going to be like, oh my God, what? <laughs> I was just concentrating so hard. And now you just want me to like, stop doing that. And there's going to be a little bit of a come down, even when you come back from a trip, right? But that's not a bad thing. You have to recalibrate. It is always Halloween here, but it is not always Halloween turned up to 11 where every second is planned and every moment you're trying to live it to the fullest amount of Halloween. You know, the great thing about always celebrating is that we can do it in a more relaxed way now that the 2023 season is over. It feels kind of good, right? To see it in the rear view, I know that might be a little sacrilegious, but it's kind of nice when you're when you're focusing so hard for so long to just be like, oh, I don't have to do that anymore. Like I don't have to track down the parties. I don't have to keep gluing feathers onto spandex. Your carving hand is cramped. Your playlist is feeling a little stale. It's okay to have a little bit of relief that the season is over. You got to rest. You got to feel that relief. You got to make room for the grief of the season ending because then when you're ready, you can feel the infectiousness of the joy for when you remember that right now is the most time you'll have before more Halloween, which means you have all the time in the world to plan. You can do anything you want for Halloween 2024. There is no pressure 
to put together the best watch list, the best road trip, the best playlist, because the time is endless. It doesn't it feel good to have time. You know that I find the calendar to be an unrelenting, oppressive beast, and I have tried to banish it from my life as much as possible. And that is why we have to always celebrate Halloween, because I cannot open a calendar to find out when it is. I won't. It's mean to me. So you're safe here with us. We're going to keep on celebrating. We're going to turn it down a few notches, and we're going to be even more cozy with it. We're going to make a lot of room for it. And I'm so happy that you're still here. I'm so happy that you still want to explore the darker aspects of society with me, that you still want to get under a blanket and hear me tell you a spooky tale. But before we fully leave Halloween 2023 behind, I brought on Grim Turn Nathan, illustrator Nathan Cunliffe, who has been with the podcast for about two years now, helping me out with our book club, illustrating our zines, illustrating our materials. Nathan has been an incredible help. He started out as a lantern. He wrote in, he has an episode actually named after his eek mail that he sent in early episode, Small Frights Kitchen Witch. And since then, he and I have become friends and he has been helping the podcast immensely behind the scenes. So I realized he's never been on an episode before, and this Halloween season, he and I did not get to do anything together. We did go and see a haunting in Venice, and that was in September. We did not get together in October, and that made me really sad, but you know, we've talked about this before. You can't do all the things you want to do every year, so I thought, what could be more fun than if we got together and talked about what we did, our favorite things, what are the best moments, our top 10 moments? So Nathan is a special guest today. First, we read some eek mails from you lanterns who quickly shot them off to me to tell me how you celebrated this year. Thank you so much. I am dying to hear from all of you. I want to know what you did Halloween night, Halloween weekend. If you haven't heard from you, tell me about your October. What was special about Halloween 2023? Please write us at eek mail at it's always Halloween podcast at gmail.com. Or you can call in to our All Hallows hotline. The number there is 802-532-DEAD. Or you could record a voice memo and email it to me. Best of both worlds. Please remember the hotline has a three minute limit. You can call back in and we can edit them together. But three minutes is a sweet spot. I have a ton of calls that I have to get through still. So I just pulled three emails that I got telling us all about Halloween night. And Nathan and I read them and talk about them together. And then we talk about our favorite things that we did this Halloween. Now this episode is a two parter. Originally, it was going to be one episode, but then my sweet, perfect angel baloney cat got very sick yesterday and it threw my whole schedule off. I took him to the emergency vet today. He's going to be okay. He has an infection. We got him on antibiotics. He's got such a sad little face. Isn't it so hard when our pets aren't feeling well? You just want to be able to explain to them that you love them. You've got them. You're going to do everything you can to make them feel better. And instead, all they internalize is that you're taking them into one pain palace after another. 
It's like, oh, a crate, horrible. Oh, the car, even worse. Oh, this place where they put uh, something into my butt. I've never been more upset at you. And meanwhile, I'm like, no, I'm doing this because I love you. So very emotional couple days here. And on top of my cat acting like I am torturing him, I was also kind of bummed to have to pause in the middle of this Small Frights episode. However, a cool opportunity did end up presenting itself because Nathan was totally down to discuss these emails with me. So we ended up doing a longer episode together. Half of it is you guys are listening to it now, the first half here on the main feed. And the second half is going to be available on the Spotify and on Patreon. So you can subscribe to Spotify bonus episodes for about $5 a month. And you can subscribe to Patreon bonus episodes at the $13 Reese's pumpkin level or the $16 full size bar level. Now the price jumps there is if you subscribe on Spotify, you're just getting the one bonus episode a month. We do have some of our back catalog, but not the entire back catalog is up there. Now if you subscribe on Patreon, you get almost three years worth of back episodes, plus you're in the ghoul gang. So you are going to have access to our book club, to movie parties, to our private Discord server, our blog, and all kinds of merch and extra goodies that you get on Patreon. So it is a little bit more to get the bonus episodes through Patreon, but you also get a whole lot more. But if you don't need all of that and you just want to get extra episodes every month, then the $5 Spotify subscription is the way to go. So if you get to the end of this episode and you're dying for the part two, then make sure you're subscribed on one of those platforms. And again, I do want to thank everybody who subscribes to Spotify or Patreon. Your subscriptions is what keeps the podcast going. Our Patreon ghoul gang fully produces and funds this podcast. And I want to welcome the new ghouls who signed up recently and just an extra hearty shriek of appreciation to Asia, Jennifer O, Jennifer C, and Emma for signing up the last this last week. It's huge. While other people are lamenting the end of Halloween, the four of you are ready to keep the party going all year round. It's so fantastic to have you here, Emma, Gen C, Gen O, Asia, because we're going to keep making podcasts. We're going to keep doing movie nights and book club and all kinds of fantastic community events. And when you join the ghoul gang, you get to ensure that these keep happening. And we really don't ever have to be too sad that Halloween ends. So thank you so much. I'm glad you guys are here. Two big events coming up on the Patreon calendar is next Thursday, November 16th, we're watching The Changeling from 1980. This is one of my all-time favorite ghost story movies. It also includes fantastic spiritualism, medium, Ouija board, trying to communicate with the dead in order to solve a mystery, big, beautiful haunted mansion. It's extremely eerie, and the atmosphere is chilling. If you haven't seen The Changeling, you must. And what better way than to watch it with your fellow lanterns and me who kicks off every movie party with a specially curated video pre-roll show and I hop on and give a presentation filled with film history and analysis and all kinds of trivia details that you'd enjoy as well. 
The other date I want to make sure you guys know about is our book club meeting on Tuesday, November 28th. This month, we're reading the novel A Dreadful Splendor by B.R. Myers. And this is another fantastic ghost story mystery. This one is set in Victorian time, turn of the century, and is focused on a medium. This is a fairly new novel. It was released last year. I had a few people recommend it to me. I just started it. I'm enjoying it so far, but it's totally new to me. And I probably would not have read it had I not been a part of this book club. Yes, I'm running it, but I'm also benefiting from it because I don't read as much as I want to. I read a ton of nonfiction and research stuff, and I really like short form, like short stories, ghost stories, but it's been difficult for me to get through fiction novels the last several years, especially as writing and research has become more of my career. So if you would like more spookiness in your life and you want to make sure you get some more reading, you gotta join the book club. What are you waiting for? We read and discuss one book a month and we hop on Zoom where we get to virtually interact with each other, which has been one of my favorite parts of the entire experience because I get to hear your voices and see your faces. That being said, no pressure to be on video. All right, guys, that's my Patreon spiel. If you love the podcast and you want to be a part of our production team, go to patreon.com slash it's always Halloween to learn more and sign up. Thank you so much for being here on the porch with me, Lanterns. I honestly can't think of a better group of people to celebrate Halloween with. I hope you enjoy this discussion that Nathan and I have about our favorite moments of Halloween 2023. Welcome to your first official It's Always Halloween episode. Oh, thank you so much. It feels incredible to be here. I'm so excited to be here, especially talking, obviously, about Halloween. So thrilled. I'm thrilled to have you here. This show brought us together. Uh, You originally wrote in about uh, the kitchen witch tradition and then when I was calling for needing extra help on the podcast and help with the Patreon you came through and became our very first grim turn so excited to do so obviously it was really fun I mean it went from COVID wonder podcast is getting everyone through the hard times and then when it was time to grow um it was exciting bringing in kitchen witch and the book club especially because like I love being able to interact with other lanterns and kind of help the pod grow. So it was a fun answer the call moment. So Yes, you've been so instrumental in helping us actually build the community aspect of the podcast and helping us run our book club every month. Oh, it's the absolute best. And like, I've been in a chunk of book clubs and it was like, you know who I want to read a book with? Uh, Fellow people who love all the spooky, cozy extra hugga Halloween times. So it was the best of both worlds. Yeah, you really convinced me because I was low-key anti-book club because it seemed like (laughs) a lot of work and a lot of, I don't know, arguments maybe. I envisioned people fighting over what titles they wanted to read and the lanterns are on the other end of the spectrum. They they never fight. They're always so excited to read anything that gets picked, to vote on things, to bring up ideas. They're the most- 
it's like the loveliest lanterns that make it into our book club. And like, not that I think we have any like hostile (laughs) listeners, but like everyone that comes to book club, is just like so peachy keen. It's adorable. And we all just like, even when we like different things, it's just, I have been in some book clubs straight up where people like argue and it doesn't ever get like heated, but it's nice that we all kind of get along and like different things. Like it's more of like a fun chit chat and seeing people's perspectives. It's always a hoot. That's what I was so scared of was people like, you know, somebody saying something maybe kind of snippy or like um, being, you know, like being I'm pretentious. So I say this with love, but sometimes (laughs) like being so pretentious that you're sort of putting down other people's tastes and curiosities. And I was just really worried about moderating something like that. And you were like, I don't think this group of people is going to be like that. And they're not. This group is super chill and we all hated the exact same book. So that's the only content, not even contention. Like it's all, we all have the same kind of mindset because we're all into similar things. So it's a hoot. It is a hoot. Well, why don't, so everybody know, well, you know, a lot of the, the, the Patreon ghoul gang knows you very well. And some of the, uh, you know, a lot of the listeners have heard you from writing in and we did have you on a very lo-fi bonus episode talking about a haunting in Venice when you and I went and saw that together in September. But why don't you tell everybody else like more about you beyond the world of it's always Halloween? Yeah, so I am a LA local, so I'm thrilled to have you here. Obviously, it's how we have gotten to hang out a few times and do Kitchen Witch in person. It's been a blast. Um, but yeah, live in LA. I'm an illustrator. I work for Trader Joe's, which is very fun. Um, which they hook me up with all the best pumpkin stuff. So I know a lot of listeners here are big fans of the pumpkin pie. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I am that person that like just buys everything when it gets in a season. So it's a hoot, but I do a freelance illustration as well. And uh, it's what I studied in college and big time movie fan reader, love to cook. So it's funny. I actually feel like I just merged so many of my interests with the podcast. I mean, between book club and kitchen, Witch, I was like, what if I just took all my hobbies and, got more people involved. So it kind of yes. worked out. I know we have so many overlapping interests. And then the one thing that I don't like as much cooking, you have helped me find a love for at least when we're doing it together. When you and it I are cooking and baking, I have a really good time. When I'm alone, I get a little nutty. <laughs> I'm going to start have to send like baking goods to you or baked goods by like owl or something. Especially like <laughs> it's finally, that. finally cold out. <laughs> With yeah. our uh, seasonal summer or seasonal switch up. So it's kind of nice having it be chilly out with all the baked I like that you said seasonal summer because it really is like just four different types of summer that we have in Los Angeles. <laughs> now it's 100% true. We're summer. in like cooler <laughs> summer instead yeah. of hot summer. Yeah. <laughs> and you did the illustrations, uh, many of the illustrations for volume one and volume two of The Lantern's Way. Yeah, such a blast. It's been a great time especially collaborating with joseph like he is so fun to work with and uh very easy going too like um just kind of figuring out like the themes and different things for each book like this one he was like hey i need tons of ghost stuff i was like i got you so whipped out tons of different illustrations of like spooky ghost hands and classic old school kind of white sheet ghosts too so it's a uh, very process fun. for like deciding what to draw i mean there's so many icons of halloween and scary images like, how yeah. do you narrow down a viewpoint on that? 
luckily it is a lot of small little spot illustrations and talking to Joe, he's like, just keep it ghosty. And I was like, I got you. So I kind of just go to my favorite references, but I am partial to very cute things because I do do a lot of children's illustrations. So it is fun having a little bit of adorable, but I also love me some spooky stuff too. Grew up with like goosebumps and scary stories to tell in the dark, like that kind of stuff. So it can get a little creepy too. But with this issue, volume two at least, it was all ghosts. Volume one, it was kind of a little bit of everything. So it was fun drawing like just all the classic iconography of like pumpkins and spooky hands and black oh, cats. Yeah, cats. Yeah, has. I really yeah. like your black cats. Yeah, it was fun just kind of putting all into one one happy go. And I'm excited, hopefully, if we do a volume three to see what the theme for that one will be and uh, kind of come up with more creative stuff for that. But every single one of them has been just a joy to work on. Well, Joe and I have been talking about a volume three. Yay. So I'm almost, I'm, I'm going to say I'm 95% certain that we're doing a volume three because, you know, the orders continue to be high. There's so much uh, contribution. So many contributions came in more this time than even last year. So we really are just growing the amount of people who want to have a physical, you know, mm-hmm. like a beautiful handmade book, which is really special now that so many things are on the internet and it's so rare to get books and magazines that you Agreed. can actually like touch and cuddle up with. Yeah. And, and I just display. finished reading volume two literally this last week and it, cause it was a, it was a chunkier book, which made me so happy when it showed up <laughs> in the mail and I was like, Oh, it's even bigger. Cause volume one was lovely, but it was a little bit thinner. So maybe every year it'll get bigger and bigger. And eventually we'll have the Lantern's Way volume 47. It'll be like an encyclopedia, <laughs> you know? We could like put them in one of those like hardcover, like hardbound books. You oh know, my gosh. Like a complete that would be... series of the Lantern's Way. That's right. Oh my gosh. It could be called the Lantern's Pilgrimage or something. Like it would be incredible. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be the full box set. But yeah, so, so exciting. And it's such a fun read. Um, you had a f- cool, oh, sorry to interrupt. No, 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 go. You had a cool thing, though, this year with your illustrations. You had a tattoo artist reach I out did. To you. Yeah, I actually have a friend from college, um, and she lives up in the Seattle area, and she wanted to do some flash illustration or flash tattoos of illustrations from the Lantern's Way Volume 2. So a couple of those designs actually live on people's skin forever, which is crazy. And I think it was actually volume one and two. So they did the little potion bottle and there's one of like a candlestick and the smoke kind of turns into a ghost as it's being blown out. But somewhere out there, there's uh, some of our lantern magic in physical tattoo form, which is so cool. It's so cool. We got to track those people down and make sure they become listeners if they're not already. A hundred percent. I'll have to ask my friend and be like, so can I reach out to your friends? Cause, uh, or your clients, hopefully I'm assuming they're friends. Tattoo artists are always very friendly. So yeah, unless they're not. I had a very bad first tattoo <gasps> experience oh, no. uh, with a straight man. That was my first mistake. He, oh, fair. he was just kind of like a dirt baggy sort of like, I don't know, metalhead guy who was like very gruff. And he like made fun of me for being upset because it hurt. Oh, <laughs> that's was, like, ridiculous. On my back and over my spine. And I didn't know it was like 23. I didn't know that was the most painful place to get one. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he like made fun of me. And he was like, if you can't handle this, you won't be able to handle childbirth. And oh, like, my Do God. Do not talk to me about childbirth. Like, I could not believe it. And I also was like, I feel like I'm a child still. Like, I just graduated college I wasn't even thinking about that I'm like why is this gross man talking to me about my womb 
That's so weird. And also, like, what a dumb comparison. Like, obviously, childbirth is incredibly painful. But, like, he, by proxy, could have been like, oh, if you can't handle this, you won't be able to handle being set on fire. Like, what? Right, right. You won't be able to handle a saw trap. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, what a, that doesn't help the current situation, sir. No, he was not helpful. So uh, since then, I've had very good tattoo experiences, but I will say they're not all reliable people. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You got to go to any industry. You got to go to the more like artsy, tender, queerer tattoo artists of which there are many. So yeah, I do need someone to sort of baby me. I'm not like a screamer or anything, but I, I'm, I like people to be like, it's going to be okay. You're doing good. I like compliments while I'm doing it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we kind of want the same thing from our dentists, from our normal, from the like people who do our blood work. Like, yeah, just. I was at the vet today and the vet told me I was doing a good job. And I was like, oh. great, because the taking baloney to the vet is always very stressful. So I definitely was like, my eyes kept like welling up and he's like, you're doing great. Baloney's going to be OK. I'm like, OK. <laughs> oh, thank heavens. Yes. No, everything is good. He has a cold, but it was uh, it was touch and go for like a moment there because he has a fever. And I didn't Ooh, even yikes. know that kitties could get fevers. That's wild human cat disease crossover it makes sense but anyways the vet (laughs) told me i was doing great and it boosted my (laughs) self-esteem well done well done yeah um okay fantastic well today we are not talking about the zine or illustrations specifically but i wanted to have you on to discuss our best of halloween 2023 like you and i didn't get to see each other very much this season and i just wanted to hear what you did and i thought it would be really fun for the lanterns to hear how we celebrated this Absolutely. year what we think like the best of the best was uh it's so exciting it was a great halloween season i think obviously listening to the pod and having it kind of lead into the season and this year even though it's always halloween obviously we decorated mm-hmm. a bit earlier which made it a bit help more oh, helpful when did you decorate so- Early September, which was good. Like, it gave the season a longer chunk, which was lovely. I really like doing it, like, Labor Day weekend because usually, you know, people are traveling out of town. There's not too much going on. You get a weekend, but it's not like, I don't know, the closer you get to October, you start, like, the weekends get booked up so quickly. A hundred percent. And I think that the decorating, I don't like to be rushed. I think it's nice to, like, Get all your stuff out. Look at it. Like, clean the house. Put some other stuff away. Like, have a nice, long, luxurious experience and not feel like you have to be rushed and or that you're doing a chore. You know, it's 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 the first of many fun Halloween activities. Agreed. And it's also nice because you can kind of take your time and add a couple new things. And it's fun just like seeing all the classic decorations that you've had over the years and uh we just put I them away. That. It was sad, but it was so nice, like, having them all back. You're like, oh, every year they come back. Yeah, I always forget something, too. Like, right? there's certain decorations I'm always thinking about, and every now and then I just forget that I had something. And it is, you know, if you've been collecting them since you were a kid, there is this aspect of, like, kind of experiencing every Halloween again, you know? like Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's so connected. Like yes, you exactly. pull out a decoration yes. that you made as a kid in like elementary mm-hmm. school and you're like, oh, we still have it. Like they, it's a direct chain, which That's we don't exactly have. exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah it's amazing. 
besides like family home videos and photo albums, we don't have a lot of things outside of holidays that are like direct connections. So it's a fun reminder every year, kind of where you've come from. That's so well put. I completely agree. Um, So I'm excited to kind of go through and see what other things gave you that kind of verve this year. And I do want to mention that this is actually a two-part episode. And this first part here is available on the main feed as you are listening to it now. And then the second half is going to be November's bonus episode. Uh, Originally, we were just going to do this whole thing as a bonus episode, but as I brought up a second ago, Baloney got really sick this week and kind of threw my my plans into disarray, which he is the only one I allowed to, you know, make my life chaos because he's so cute and perfect and my world really does revolve around Baloney. As it should, as it should. Yeah, definitely. He is my king. Uh, so we decided that it would be fun to have, you know, I didn't have time to finish the small frights I wanted to put together for Friday, but you graciously welcomed uh, me to bring some of the eek mails I wanted to share this week. So we're going to read some eek mails about how uh, some lanterns spent uh, Halloween night, and then we're going to hop into a couple of our favorite activities from this season. And then the next episode will be the rest of our favorites. Absolutely love it. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, let's jump in to these eek mails and hear how a couple of lanterns spent Halloween 2023. Okay. This first one has the subject line, Halloween road trip. Hi, Luce. I hope you and all of the lanterns had an amazing calendar Halloween. I wanted to tell you about my recent Halloween road trip with lots of spooky stops. My husband and I drove from Nova Scotia to Bangor, Maine, where we did the Stephen King tour with SK Tours. They showed us all of the spots that inspired Stephen King's fictional town of Deary, as well as filming locations from some of his movie adaptations and his famous house. The tour was amazing, and the tour guides were so passionate, I would definitely recommend it. We then drove down to Portland, Maine for a cemetery tour, followed by a brewery crawl to sample the local pumpkin ales. From there, we went to Jackson, New Hampshire to see the pumpkin people and enjoy fall foliage. I took advantage of the tax-free shopping there to buy an embarrassing amount of (laughs) Reese's Spooky Shapes. Nova Scotia sadly doesn't sell them in many stores, so I wanted to stock up. The cashier asked if I was expecting a lot of trick-or-treaters and (laughs) seemed shocked And I like to think a little impressed when I told him that all the spooky shapes were just for me. (laughs) The big highlight of our trip was spending October 30th and 31st in Salem, where we stayed at the Haunted Hawthorne Hotel. We had two jam-packed days, which included visits to some of the local museums. My favorites were the Bats exhibit at the Peabody Essex Museum, Count Orlock's Nightmare Museum, and the Salem Witchboard Museum. We also did a history and hauntings walking tour and a haunted harbor cruise, which featured spiked apple cider, local ghost stories, and tarot card readings. 
My husband is not a big Halloween fan, so he was reluctant to wear a costume. I decided we would dress up as Edgar Allan Poe and a raven so he could keep it minimalistic with a black suit and fake mustache. After a few compliments from passerbys, he ended up getting into the spirit, walking around with his hands behind his back and trying to maintain a somber expression to stay in character. We live quite rurally, so it was such a treat to experience Halloween with such a bustling spot. We had a blast people watching, getting to see all the trick-or-treaters, and just enjoying the Halloween fun. It was such a fun trip, and I feel so lucky to have gotten to experience Halloween in Salem. Wishing you and everyone all the best. Chelsea. That was so cozy and delightful. I know. Gosh, Chelsea, you just took us on such a perfect tour of your own trip. Thank you so much for sharing this with us. It makes I mean, me jealous. Like this is a I kind know. of trick every like I feel like every Halloween fan envisions all the way down to the Edgar Allan Poe details. It's it's so idyllic. What a cute idea. I know there's a lot of people who have uh, partners and friends and family members who, you know, celebrate Halloween, but aren't necessarily as passionate as we are here in Halloween land. And I really do love when somebody is up for just trying something. And I think it's so cute that Chelsea put together this idea of Edgar Allan Poe and a raven so that (laughs) he could be a little more in street clothes and see all it took was getting a little positive attention. Nobody is immune to the charms of Halloween. (laughs) I am curious that said I decided we would dress up as Edgar Allan Poe and a raven. So is he Edgar Allan Poe and Chelsea? Were you in a raven costume? Which is I think she was the raven, which I'm I very love it curious, so much. Right? I know. Like, did she have a beak? Was there was she fully all feathers? Were there oh, wings I involved? Know. Right. I want to know. Like you could go really far out because you. Maybe you'll talk about this, so I don't want to step on your wings. Oh, I did have a smidgen of a... Okay. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I won't won't go into it, but Nathan (laughs) had a costume that involved wings, and he went all out, and I was, like, texting it to everybody, and I was so impressed. It's, like, the maybe my favorite Halloween costume that I saw this season of, like, my friends. Oh, I'm so flattered. I loved it. beyond so uh put a pin in that we will talk about it soon um you know I also it's funny because I also went to Salem this season so I have that on my list as well um did some of the similar things that she did but I've never been to Salem like on Halloween and I, I can't even imagine how crazy and thrilling it must be to see people trick or treating Oh, in yeah. Salem. Yeah. And I think like outside of Ireland directly, Salem is probably the most like ultimate Halloween trip you could possibly have, especially if you're there during that time. A closer on art might be Sleepy Hollow in New York, but I mean, yes. really Salem Mass is where it's at. Like if you're going to make a Halloween trip, that is the ultimate. And she even stayed in a haunted hotel, although... I kind of get the feeling that most of those inns are haunted. I mean, they've been there since the 1600s, and they've got a lot of dicey history. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Anything that uh, has been around for quite a while, especially if the structure isn't, like, fairly rebuilt or new, like, there's there's something there. Oh, absolutely. And I love that I had no idea that they didn't do, um, like, the Reese's Pumpkins and Bats in other 
in Canada or other places. Yeah. I mean, they're so classic. I can't imagine. I can't believe people are missing out on these in other countries. I know. We got to start shipping them off to other uh, other lanterns around the world. Apparently, we got to get like a big old batch and some padded envelopes <laughs> and spread that's the joy. That's important. Yeah. Right? And uh, try to send them on a day that's not too hot here in California. That is true. We got to get them to colder climates quicker. I'm absolutely dying to go on one of these Stephen King tours. And now that I have like the exact recommendation from Chelsea, like this is going on my must do list. Like I'd like to do that in like the next two years. That sounds incredible. Yeah. And I love that they have passionate tour guides. Like I used to be a tour guide here in Los Angeles. And uh, I'm sure you all can imagine I took it a very seriously and just dove in really deep into LA history. And mm -hmm. it was great because I got to, there was a basic script uh, based on like the places we were going, but I was pretty much allowed to say whatever I wanted as long as it was true. <laughs> That's pretty awesome though. You can embellish yeah. it or spice oh, it up. I embellished, I embellished, I wrote a bunch of jokes. Like it was so much fun. It was basically I where it. I would like warm up before I had shows like later that night. <laughs> but it's hard now going on tours and every now and then you get a guide that's like a dud. And oh, I always I get this like itchy feeling to like rip the mic out of their hands and be like, give me this. <laughs> I'll do it. Right. Well, especially when you can tell they don't like it. I'm like, oh no, they don't want to be here, which then automatically makes you not want to be there. It's quite painful. Well, right. Like, oh sorry. Cause you feel like you're holding them there, even though you had no idea like <laughs> yeah. what was gonna happen. A hundred percent. Um, well, this really does feel like Chelsea had the greatest Halloween road trip possible. Thank you so much for taking us on this journey with you. And, and I'm glad you got to see stuff that was a little more bustling. Like you said, having the rural Halloween, I know a lot of people have written in about that can be challenging because you just don't get to see as many people and as many decorations. And it really does make a difference when you get to kind of go on Halloween overload and see stuff every day. I do sometimes get a little envious of a little bit of a rural Halloween only because it does sound like it would make for a very cozy Halloween. If you're into planning activities and fun foods and watching like a movie and staying home and like having just a couple close guests over, it could be oddly soothing, but you are going to miss out on, like you said, the hustle and bustle and especially I think the trick or treaters and decor is a big factor too. So little pros and yes. cons. I've I never had a rural Halloween. No, I have not had a rural Halloween either. Although you could get really into photography and set up, you know, beautiful scenes and do a lot of, uh, you could do shoot films and stuff. I always uh, fantasize about being in a more rural place so I could easily walk outside and shoot films where you can't right. do that here. Like as soon as you get a camera out, there's like a police officer like, what are you doing? Where's your permit? Oh, 100%. Yeah, you can't exactly <laughs> film Blair Witch Project in LA, so it's no, not going to work uh... as well. <laughs> Um, all right, let's hop into our next one. This is this one comes with the subject line. Finally back to trick-or-treating. Hi, Luce. My name's Elizabeth, and I'm from West Philly, and I'm a huge fan of the podcast. I especially love it today, which is November 1st, when my Halloween hangover is really bad. <laughs> I've always been quite depressed on this day because I know it'll be a whole other year until the rest of the world catches up with my Halloween spirit. Everyone except for you, Lanterns. Anyways, I wanted to share my trick-or-treat experiences from last night. 
Since I grew out of trick-or-treating, I've always loved handing out candy and seeing all the little spookables in their costumes. However, I fell out of the I fell out of the tradition with the start of the pandemic three years ago. The 2020 turnout was understandably lackluster, and after that, my husband and I moved into an apartment where we don't have a good setup for handing out candy, so I resigned myself to a lonely adult Halloween, sitting in our apartment watching spooky movies. This year, I decided to change all of that and get back to it, despite our less-than-ideal location. This felt very important to me after reading about how trunk or treat has put a big damper on my favorite tradition and the new trend of schools foregoing Halloween to appease huffy Karens who think that my favorite day of the year is Satan's birthday. Eye roll. (laughs) So anyways, my husband and I decided to set up a little table in the park right next to our apartment building and give out candy from there. I was worried we wouldn't get many takers and that people would be weirded out by us. The childless couple dressed as a skeleton and a Mandalorian sitting randomly in the park. (laughs) But I was wrong. We got lots of kids and families. Our life-size Baby Yoda doll definitely helped make the little kids feel safe, and our nut-free candy bowl was appreciated by many parents and older kids. My absolute favorite encounter was with a tiny Spider-Man who was very afraid of the light-up jack-o'-lantern I had taped to our candy bowl. He was hesitant at first, but he faced his fear and picked out his candy and afterward gave the spooky pumpkin a little pat on the head. My heart just melted. Even though we only stayed out for a little over an hour, my husband and I had such a great time. It was so heartening to see the community really coming together to celebrate. I'm so glad that I found a way to be a part of trick-or-treating again. I've been hearing so many rumors that Halloween is dying out, but I'm here to say that as long as I draw breath, I will not let Halloween die. (laughs) Thanks again for your amazing podcast, and I hope you and all my fellow Lanterns have a great 365 days until the next Halloween. Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Fantastic. (laughs) Fantastic. I know you rendered a speechless. This was really, really beautiful. I, this is okay. I feel like this is what I'm talking about on the podcast all the time, how to get creative when the typical entryway to an activity or a tradition, like you can't take the typical path. Okay. What now? Don't just give up, right? They did such a creative thing by like grabbing a table and heading out next door and like basically setting up a trick-or-treat booth. And it captures just so much of the spirit of Halloween. Like so not that Halloween is necessarily always tied to children, but there's so much nostalgia tied to Halloween, both in kind of like remembering our own past, but also like the joy that it brings to other people. I think we always picture Christmas as being such a a spirit of giving. And I'm like, Halloween is also has a lot of spirit of giving to it. It's just, uh, it's done in a different way, but it's also so communal. And so, uh, it brings people together so beautifully. Yes. And the thing about Halloween is that you give things away, not expecting to get something in return. Oh, a hundred percent. And I do think that that's like ultimately the, the, I don't know when you look, when you approach Christmas at like, it's very best possible reading 
I think that's how Christmas should be also, but it very quickly gets turned into like, well, I got you a gift. Like we are exchanging gifts, which of course is lovely, but there's always like this kind of, it feels like a capitalist sort of driven, like everything has to be equal. I have to spend the same amount of money on you that you spent on me. If you had something for me, I have to get something for you. And it's like, okay, our friendships don't need to be within that this same system of capitalism like everything does not have to be a fair trade you know yeah (laughs) and i think halloween in particular rewards like a a touch of homemade and craftiness Mm -hmm. i mean even just being like i miss seeing trick-or-treaters and i miss that kind of creativity and that that energy is so exciting to then be like hey how can we get our trick-or-treaters back and setting up the table was such a brilliant idea i love it yes it's a really good idea and i think that it's interesting because we are in a area that really values Halloween. Southern California goes all out on, I think, that being a part of the industry, the having the entertainment industry here contributes to that because there are so many creative people and there's builders and actors. Definitely. And it's such a creative holiday. The two really go hand in hand. So when I hear any type of rumors about like Halloween dying out, I just don't see that at all. And my you know, my parents hand out candy in my hometown of Elyria every year, and they always get a ton of kids. And my friends, I have one of my best friends still lives in Elyria, and she, her kids go trick-or-treating. So I don't, yeah, I don't see where Halloween is dying out. And sometimes I feel like it's just people who aren't that involved in Halloween, and they don't see all the different ways we celebrate. Oh, definitely agreed. Like that was kind of surprising to hear on the call. But I do think a lot of people and this might be a post COVID thing. It is a lot of work and effort to kind of put Mm -hmm. back into it, especially when we've had years where you didn't have to put in any effort. And it it kind of reminds me of like dating or friendships, like holiday Mm -hmm. and that kind of joy. It doesn't come from nothing. Like you could still enjoy the season. Obviously, that comes just that can come from the weather that can come from the vibe and the atmosphere. But so much of that joy, I think we we forget that by going that extra step and like it takes a lot of work to decorate the whole house and get the decor out, but it does bring you joy when it's done. Like it 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 is a little bit of work, but it's worth it. It brings that spirit back. That's a really good point. You do have to put in a little bit to get a little bit, right? Yeah. Like and you don't even need to decorate the whole house. You can put up a few decorations as long as there's something that like make you happy. But yeah, like I love this. What Elizabeth did here is kind of like a, the the famous Gandhi quote, right? She she put in the Halloween that she wanted to see in the world. Yes, <laughs> like, she did. It's beautiful. And, uh, and her I interaction think, with her little trick-or-treater too just melted my uh, heart because I don't have kids of my own. And not that Halloween is necessarily like just a holiday for kids. Obviously, we're all here and I love Halloween. But there definitely is a little bit of like childhood joy and wonder that still is left in the holiday for sure. Oh, yeah, I definitely I think the time when I'm like the most feeling like a baby fever is around Halloween only because I want Mm -hmm. to I want to kind of give a Halloween to a child, you know, to do all that stuff and see it through uh, a kid's eye, which is when I was regularly nannying was so fun. The times I got to like get kids ready for Halloween very very special and as one of some of my warmest memories but I do think it's what's so cool about it is these ways in which there's so many levels to celebrate regardless of your age 
Oh, you absolutely. Know, and there's so many opportunities to use whatever your own creative skills are or whatever your passion is to really just like amp that up and use it through the lens of Halloween. A hundred percent. Yeah. So, and if anything, I've, I mean, and it could be, we're both in LA, we're both in Southern California, but Halloween this year felt bigger than I remember it feeling in a while only because it felt like the, all the fun decor and all the stuff in stores, like it was here in early July, which is great. Cause I don't love July. So I was ready for it to <laughs> take over the whole summer, but it yeah, felt like we were having like a Halloween out. summer. Absolutely. They figured out our 100-day countdown, I'm pretty sure. Oh, 100%. Yeah, <laughs> which I'm all here for. When people complain that the ho- some holidays come too early, I'm like, you know, those winter holidays, they know what they're doing. Like, Yeah, yeah. Like Halloween, we all agree. We are yeah. celebrating year-round, so it can never come too early. Exactly, exactly. Um, all right. Amazing. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Congratulations on having such a successful return to Trick or Treat. And thank you for spreading the good word and ensuring that Trick or Treat is not dying. I love what she says here. As long as I draw breath, I will not let Halloween die. I feel like we should have that printed on (laughs) t-shirts. We should. It's so like Crimson Peak, Gothic, Victorian. I love it. I love it. Well, we do. I feel like we have these little repre- these uh, representatives all over the world who are like not on our watch. <laughs> like we are keeping <sighs> Halloween alive. Thank goodness. We got to keep those pumpkins lit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Especially uh, <laughs> how did how how did your jack-o'-lanterns fare? Because uh, we carved others on Sunday and then mine actually collapsed on November 1st. I like came out of the bedroom and they were in a, a pile. Like, it got pretty toasty <laughs> right after Halloween. And so we carved ours the night before Halloween because that was when right. the family could get together. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you know, I think they were done exactly on the first or maybe the second. They were gone pretty quick, but they looked real good for a couple days. Yeah, they looked really good on Halloween. I just couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, okay, I guess Halloween's over. <laughs> I would love to hear if people want to call in or even just like send messages on Instagram. For anyone that lives in a way colder environment, especially around Halloween, do your jack-o'-lanterns last a couple weeks on the porch like there's got to be somewhere where they kind of freeze solid every single night you know what I mean but ours uh my memory of growing up in Ohio is that we would we would carve them like a week or two beforehand oh I'm jealous and we got snow this year and Chicago also got snow I know uh lantern ghoul gang member Jeff was sending us pictures of his jack-o'-lanterns covered in snow oh that's incredible I need to move (laughs) um I gotta get some more colder so my jack-o'-lanterns will last longer just primarily to save the jack-o'-lanterns yeah that and then I could justify wearing heavier thicker Halloween costumes because your boy was sweating it up this year it was too hot (laughs) it was too toasty for this full costume Okay, my I don't know if I've said this before on the podcast, but my theory is that sexy Halloween costumes started in Southern California. Yeah, they I probably never had to understood them growing up in Ohio because girls would put them on, you know, in high school. And I was like, it's 40 degrees outside, Lisa. What are you doing? Right? <laughs> like, yeah, every single costume I wore, even like through being in college had sleeves and like, <laughs> That is so funny. Yeah. yeah. And then like prancing around, it just like did not make sense to me given like the fact that it would be snowing some years. And then when I moved here, I was so taken aback by it being like 80 and 90 degrees in Halloween. I was like, oh, right. this is where 
the the like lack of clothing the like kind of starts little to track. scraps of fabric start here yeah you can blame the west hollywood halloween parade for that one probably I but think uh so. <laughs> yeah 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 no this year i had a halloween party and some people showed up in sexy costumes which floored me because i always go for like over the top ridiculously silly costumes but at one point we played a game where we actually had to go outside it was like a scavenger hunt and of course, they're wearing next to no clothing. So I had to get out big coats and jackets, puffy jackets for all these <laughs> girls. And they were like, you're making us go outside. I'm like, yeah, we're going for a hunt. Let's go. So even in LA, sometimes you need a good jacket. So literally the next morning, there were jackets all over the living room. And uh, it was the leftovers from my silly Halloween party. It was hilarious. I love the idea of like a uh, a jacket bin for the sexy costumes. Like, yep. if you get chilly in your lingerie. <laughs> oh yeah, I so many of them were dressed up as like a sexy ratatouille or the sexy nurse or what I don't remember anyway. But they were like, uh, "Wait, I'm gonna need a coat." It was like, "Good thing we have this closet right by the front door." And literally, I'm just like passing out all my dad's camping jackets. Like, and yeah, and like now your costume is middle age hunter. <laughs> like, yes, with a skirt and. <laughs> And heels and uh, cute little ears. But yes, you are wearing uh, <laughs> some crazy Carhartt jacket. Yep. Like you, uh, you work on an oil rig. Um, That's right. Yes, you're a lumberjack. Like that just changes every time they put a coat on. Yep. But they're also the first person to get injured because they're wearing four inch heels, you know, so on yeah, the oil you know, rig. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, a broken ankle oil rig worker. Yep. That's the costume look this year. <laughs> Is the hot look? Oh my gosh, I love that. I love that you challenged people. Yep, <laughs> like, you, got, you gotta push them. All your costume is. Yeah. You have like a relay race. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, speaking of the day after Halloween and the sadness that it brings, we have a really great eek mail here reminding us that November 1st is actually a wonderful, a further wonderful day of celebration. Agreed. So, yes, the subject line here is All Saints Day. Hi, Luce. I wanted to share about a tradition that my husband and I have every year on All Saints Day. We live in New Orleans, and while the cemeteries here are magical to visit, they are not very safe, and many people, or excuse me, many cemeteries don't allow people to tour without a guide, except on All Saints Day. On November 1st, the cemeteries are open and very busy with visitors. It is, of course, a day to honor departed ones, but it's also a time when families gather in our cemeteries to do repairs, cleaning, and maintenance to tombs where the beloved departed are buried. I'm attaching an article that gives a further glimpse into what it's like. It's not uncommon to see family reunions and picnics take place in cemeteries on this day. We've even seen shrimp boils happening. <laughs> While neither myself nor my husband have family in New Orleans, we have taken up the tradition of having a quiet picnic in the cemetery every November 1st for at least the past 15 years. We always go to the same cemetery and sit by the same tomb. We've never once seen a family member visit the tomb we go to. In years past, I've taken flowers to it. We've 
also always do some picking up of any blown-in trash around the tomb once we're finished picnicking, and we always make sure to leave the area cleaner than when we arrived as our way of paying respect. It's a very much loved, excuse me, it's a very much looked forward to day for us, and it helps ease the sadness of Halloween being over. I thought you and fellow lanterns might enjoy hearing about how we celebrate and see some of the photos of our most recent visit. All the best, Pamela. Wow, I really love this story. Me too. It's a beautiful way to kind of honor people that have passed on, but also kind of extend the holiday season into a more like memorable and kind of uh, meaningful way at the end too. Not that Halloween doesn't have meaning, but it's a nice day of remembrance for sure. Well, well, absolutely. And it kind of brings back, uh, it brings you back to the idea of Halloween being this time when the veil between the living and the dead is thin and we get to spend time, you know, communing with and thinking of our departed loved ones, which a lot of times we're celebrating, we're trick-or-treating, we might not get to have that like quiet moment of reflection. And so it's very nice to have a whole day to spend thinking on the more emotional parts of the holiday. Absolutely. And I do think it's it's kind of nice to hear more and more about this because I don't think that remembrance around this time is a very traditional American kind of thing. It's much more on the, the commercial and the more kind of festive celebratory side. And mm-hmm. it's nice to take a moment to kind of pause. Like I literally was thinking about it while we were listening to this story. And I'm like, I didn't do anything related to my family members this Halloween. And I maybe next year should try to make that a priority, kind of add and adopt some of this into making it a more memorable season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't, I like to usually build an ofrenda for uh, Dia de los Muertos, but I did not get, I did not have the time to this year. And it really made me realize that it's the kind of thing I need to plan for early in the season, the same way I plan for other events. And it is because sometimes on November 1st, it can feel just like, well, for me, I always uh, sleep really late on November 1st and I move very slowly and I try not to plan anything or put any expectations on myself because it's sort of like the wrap on a very intensive work Mm -hmm. season. (laughs) Yeah. But um, I don't know. It's I, I wish I would have spent more time reflecting this year and doing like a little ritual. It gives us something to look forward to for next year, though. Even though it's always Halloween, it's nice to have a little bit of a tradition around the calendar season for sure. Yes, absolutely. And what I really like about this too, Pamela, is the act of service that's built in here. That it goes beyond, you know, having an altar at your own house or um, even like going to visit a cemetery, you know, to visit a loved one. But the fact that everybody goes to these cemeteries in New Orleans with the express intention of cleaning it up, making it nicer, um, and that, you know, you who doesn't, you don't have family there, but you are also contributing is so important because cemeteries are public spaces, you know, they're like parks, and it is sort of on everybody to make sure that they continue to be these beautiful resting places, these contemplative uh, areas for families and community members to spend time. And that's how we honor the people who are buried there is by making sure they have a beautiful, 
a beautiful space, you know, and aren't forgotten. Absolutely. And it's really nice, you know, not everybody can have family lines end, people move away. You know, I was just talking to Elisa Marcus, who you know is fellow uh, ghoul gang member here in Los Angeles. And we were just talking about how sad it is when, you know, you have family members buried on the other side of the country. She's also from Ohio. And you just like don't get to visit people's graves. And it's like, yeah, what? I don't know. It's something I hadn't thought about very much because I'm not interested in being uh, buried in that way. So, but the idea that like, yeah, what if all your family moves away and like no one visits your grave? Like, it's, yeah, it's sad. It's, and it's definitely nice that Pamela is visiting someone else. You know, maybe their family exactly. did move away or no one's left. Like imagine how comfort they'd be knowing that somebody comes every year and brings flowers and kind of still celebrates those who have moved on, especially exactly. if they can't. So that's amazing. I know. I think it's so amazing. It's so generous. Again, it's very much the spirit of Halloween that we keep talking about. And I just think it's really inspiring. And maybe other lanterns can take something from that, you know, that cemeteries are these spaces we really enjoy being in. Um, But we can like give to them by picking up, by leaving flowers, uh, by just being like respectful in the space and, you know, not littering and not doing grave rubbings and you know, just thinking about really what is it, who are these people and Mm -hmm. what it means to like have a final resting space, you know? Oh, I always picture every time I'm in a graveyard or cemetery, like that they can see me there, like in their space and kind of visiting Mm -hmm. them because I'm like, I, it's, it's humbling, but also like, I don't want to mess with their space in any particular way, unless it's like to show respect kind of a thing. So yeah, mm-hmm. never, never been in the the more hooligan side of graveyards. For sure. No, no. I never had a hooligan moment in the graveyard either. No. Like, my best friend, Aaron Smith and I growing up, uh, we used to play in the cemetery because I grew up across the street from one. Um, but it was always in like a we just, we loved being there, you know? Um, and we enjoyed, there was a few different graves that were like seats, you know, carved to be. Oh famous, yeah. Yeah. Which was really cool. We used to like to hang out there. And I mean, this one area, our favorite part of the graveyard, we knew all the headstones and we would make up long stories about who these people were and where they oh, came incredible. from. And yeah, we, lo- it was like our favorite game. We were like, let's go play cemetery stories. And yeah, sometimes we would like keep, you know, a certain story alive and just to add to it. And then other times we would make up like one day these people would be like a, a long line of like cobblers. That <laughs> and is then the awesome. Next time they would have been like they were the first tailors in our hometown. Like we would oh, do that that's kind cool. of stuff because we had yeah. going back to like the 1800s in our cemetery. Oh, that's incredible. Do you ever kind of yeah. imagine what it's like to almost like the differences between uh, cremation and burial? Like, because burial is so tied to like a place and a location, mm-hmm. but you're right with people moving. Like it's, it makes you kind of picture because I know my side, my mother's side of the family in my immediate family, we all want to be cremated, but my father's side is all buried. But you're right. That kind of ties you to a place that's a little bit beautiful, but also a little sad if people leave kind of like you said, it's very interesting differences. Yeah. And I don't, I am really obsessed with the idea of a tree pod or yeah. a, uh, one of those fields, like burial fields where yep. there's, 
you are not embalmed, but they wrap you in like an environmental shroud. Yeah. And just they bury you in an unmarked kind of area and you just break down and you're Which like, kind of how it should be. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think it's really beautiful. And Agreed. Then, I don't know. I'm like, well, put a plaque in my hometown for people to look at or put plaques everywhere I've ever been. I don't know. Right? <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. But that also <laughs> kind of makes the, the concept behind it, like a friend even more like meaningful and important, like myself yes. and my brother and both my parents, we all are going to be cremated eventually, but we mm-hmm. all want our ashes scattered in completely different places. And part of me is like, Oh, are we going to be separated? And it's like, no, I think we'll be together. We just have places that are kind of meaningful to ourselves. So very different. I really love the way you tied that to Day of the Dead and that um, that idea that like we don't necessarily have to be connected to a piece of land, a plot, a, a you know, a body even. Yeah, that, it's so limiting. Yes, it is very limiting. And like that people's spirits and the essence of who they are live on in the people who remember them. It's one of the reasons I love that movie Coco so much. It's oh, like, my gosh. Like, right. Illustrates that concept very well. Uh, like a very kind of a dip- difficult, large concept to think about and the way that they show it visually, you know, of course it's for everyone, but like very much to kind of teach kids about day of the dead and death and living and yeah. it's just such a successful film in, oh, in accomplishing all of that. And I do, I do, I think you're, oh, I just love that you brought that up and you connected that, that yeah, it doesn't matter where someone's buried it matters like that they're alive in people's hearts and that you keep telling the stories and you keep, you know, making sure you have these days of remembrance because of course people are on your mind all the time, but I don't know. I think like the little details, cause like when I put my, my grandma Brenner was a big smoker, loved cigarettes, loved Chesterfields. So I always like to get like a pack of Chesterfields, you know, <laughs> like there's yeah. like these little, these little things that I like to put out for people that feel personal and that just goes beyond the like, you know, having their memory pop into your head like every few days, you know? Yeah, it's a little more of a nod for that particular individual, which is awesome. Yeah, like making that effort, spending a whole day putting an altar together, you know, it's more than just like, oh, I miss my grandma. Yeah, it's more like this is something for your grandma. Like it's mm-hmm. I think one is the difference between like they're gone and one is the difference between like they're still around. It's just different. You know what I mean? And I guess mm-hmm. that comes down to I love that. Kind of personal belief, but I think they're still around. So yes. I think so too, because there's just no there is no proof one way or the other. And I think it is just comes down to like what makes the most sense mm-hmm. for individuals and i think that the world is a lot more pleasant with the spirits and energies of the people that we love kind of swirling around us all the oh, time oh absolutely yeah it's just like a better that's the world i want to live in agreed so. agreed <laughs> so that's what we believe mm-hmm. um well those are all of our eek mails about this year's halloween so far uh so lanterns we want to hear how you celebrated halloween all saints day day of the dead please uh write or call us i do have some calls that i'll share on next week's small frights episode once we get this 
cat healthy again, I can focus on finishing the small frights episode that I started. But I would love to hear from you guys. Uh, It's never too late to let us know how you celebrated. The All Hallows hotline number is 802-532-DEAD. And the eek mail is it's always Halloween podcast at gmail.com. So now that we have seen and heard and smelt, <laughs> what if I had like smells like pumping through the other side of the microphone? <laughs> uh, it would have been even more wild if you had like mailed off a pre like labeled package. You're like, don't open this until we record and then smell vial one go now. Like that would have been wild. <laughs> That's like the ultimate in podcasting experience. I have that like- could be for a tier of Patreon where we mail out like treat bags and goodie bags and we're like, and please open the mini box of nerds and inhale with this week's episode like that could that could be a new wave of podcasting i actually think that's very fun uh we're gonna need to have some very organized people i'm like the worst at mail i love receiving mail and i love sending stuff to people but there is not a good post office nearby me and for some reason like ever since i moved to where we live now i've gotten really bad at the mail Oh, dang. Well, I'll organize it. I'm uh, in suburbia, so we have lovely big post office with ample parking. So, you know. Oh, great. Yeah. Mine, the closest one to me does not have parking. And it's an area where people are usually having a really hard time. So it's just not like a an easy post office to walk to or drive yeah. to. Okay, legit though. If you had an event where you like pre-sold tickets, they were twenty dollars a pop, and everyone got a care package, and we like ate it together. That would be that's quite a fun idea. I like this. We're on. It's like book club, but with little snacks. You know, we're Snack on Zoom. Club. Snack club. We're on Zoom, and it's like we can just be like, all right, everyone, we're gonna eat the banana flavored laffy taffy next. And what does this remind you of? You know what I mean? Like, what a concept. That's a really fun idea, actually. Uh, Matt and Jay from the Purple Stuff podcast, uh, one of my other favorite seasonal podcasts, they do like taste testing together. Where the oh my gosh, that's incredible! Like a new candy or a new cereal will come out that's you know either Halloween, Christmas, or Thanksgiving themed, and depending on the time of year, of course, and they'll both buy them and then they'll do exactly that. Like one, two, three. Okay. Let's bite the first thing. And then they talk about it. Um, I feel a December episode idea already coming together (laughs) because I'm here for it. We did finally get our first female monster cereal this year, which was very exciting. Yes. Um, Very important representation. (laughs) That's right. The cereal was bad, but she looked incredible. So I'm hoping she gets that vintage treatment though. Cause all the other legends like the blueberry count Chocula and Frank and wait, did I mess it up? Frankenberry? No, we have multiple berries. They all have like the most adorable kind of vintagey looks. And so I'm hoping she gets the vintage. And she has like a, uh, uh, monster high kind of look to her. Yeah. Not my favorite. No, her name is Carmela Creeper, and she's a DJ, which, like, you know, potato, potato, party on, girl. But uh, <laughs> I'm glad she's here. I hope she stays. I didn't realize we have lost cereal monsters over the years. Did you know this? There were others. Oh, yeah, Fruit Brute. Oh, my gosh. And I, Yummy I, I wonder. I wonder if we could find these on eBay. They would be astronomically expensive. That's, again, what uh, Matt from the Purple Stuff podcast collects, like, vintage food. And is, that like, is so always, cool. He's very – I'll have to – um i'll have to share a video he does like videos on them and stuff um if i can find a good one i'll put it in the show notes and send it to you too nathan but oh that's incredible it's a it's a delight he 
I'm glad that somebody is doing it. (laughs) I have to stop myself from like anytime I'm like, ooh, I see like vintage food on eBay that's like Halloween. I have to stop myself because I'm like, this can't be your thing. Yeah, so tempting. It is very tempting. But there's if I start collecting old cereals, like we live in the city, you know, it's not a good idea to try to (laughs) Yeah, no. Tempt the creatures of to come inside (laughs) and eat my 40-year-old cereals. (laughs) God, can you imagine there's like a dead raccoon in your apartment that ate your old (laughs) cereal and you're like, not only did you eat my collectible, I now have to get rid of you. Like brother. What a nightmare. Halloween trick. Yeah, you're you're like you took my treat and just turned into a trick, like a two-parter. Like I paid so much money for this vintage Halloween goodie and now I have to get rid of it. $100 like 1985 killed my local raccoon. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, brutal. Well, let's you did not like Carmela Creeper. I did not try Carmela Creeper. Because I had a little bit of a grudge against the design. <laughs> the design is horrible. And uh, Luce, no joke, next time I come visit you, I still have a box of Carmela Creeper. I will bring you a little Ziploc bag and you, we okay. can do a live taste testing because it's it's a caramel <gasps> apple flavor cereal. So but you didn't like um, it. I, it's, it's a lot. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad she's around and I hope she stays, but not for me. Also, I have a box fully sealed still of the monster. Wait, was it called the monster mash where it's like all of the flavors mixed together? And I just can't imagine oh, yeah. that it's delicious, but I it have was one. very delicious. Yeah. yeah. I'm impressed that you kept it sealed. <laughs> I really should hide it at this point. It's in our pantry. I just never got tempted to eat it. So it's just sitting with all the rest of our cereal. I really, at this point should put you it in the attic. Probably. It. Yeah, I should. All right. Well, Carmelo Creeper aside, let's talk about a couple of our favorite things from Halloween 2023. Do you want to kick it off for us? Absolutely. So these are not in any particular order, but I am going to start with my ultimate favorite. Like I kind of whittled it down to if I could only repeat one of these. And my number one is literally just absolutely classic. It's carving pumpkins with my nieces. So I have a two-year-old and a three-year-old niece. And as we kind of talked about earlier, it is so exciting because every year they get a little bit older. They remember a little bit more about Halloween and they look forward to it. This was their first year trick-or-treating and uh, got to see their handmade, homemade costumes. They were both flowers. My sister-in-law made their costumes. They were adorable. Did they pick them or no? sister-in-law? She picked them because they're so young. I think maybe next year they'll be able to pick some. But uh, last year, we've carved pumpkins ever since my first niece was born because I am that person every Halloween. I buy all the pumpkins and I pick a date. I coordinate with everyone. I say, show up at the house. And every year, it's always grumble, grumble, grumble. And then literally immediately (laughs) after, everyone is like, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for making us do this. And like, I'm so, I just kind of remember every year that like, Hey, they're going to grumble a little bit, but it's worth it for my nieces and they love it. I love it. And in the end, like it's surprising having done it so many years in a row now, how quickly it goes. And like, uh, it's just a who my wallpaper on my phone is my little nieces staring at all six of our pumpkins lit up. Um, and yeah, every year it's always the joy of Halloween. Like that to me is the most kind of classic thing I do. Like even when I was living abroad, I carved a pumpkin by myself. I have carved like an eating pumpkin before and just stuck it in my apartment by myself in a country that did not celebrate Halloween. Because um, you, you just got to. 
yeah, it's just if I could only do one thing every Halloween, it's gonna be carve a pumpkin. So that's I didn't absolutely know that about you. Oh Fantastic. yeah, it's just uh, something you're like so... the Halloween henchman, like coming yeah. to people's doors, and you're like, "We will be carving pumpkins, whether you like it or not." Oh, a hundred percent. Like everyone's schedules were so hectic this year, and they were like, "Oh, I don't know if we have time." And I was like, "You text me your entire life schedule, and I will coordinate this because over my dead body, like, uh... <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it's a hoot." Well, similarly, one of my favorite things this year is we went to two different orchard slash pumpkin patches. And normally we don't ever get to go to any because of where we live. Yeah. So I got to go to one in Massachusetts called the Honey Pot Orchard. It's in Stowe, Massachusetts. Nathan, this is one of the best orchards I've ever been to in my life. And it was one of the best days I've ever had in my life. It was my- magical. My jaw actually dropped when you said the name of this orchard because that is the cutest name I've ever heard of. And I instantly just want to be there. I know they have like honeycombs there and say they sell like those individual like flavored honey sticks and like jars of honey that they make there. Oh, that's incredible. In addition to they have huge fields of apple trees and they had like, I don't know, I want to say like eight to 10 different varieties of apples. They had some apples I'd never even heard of before. And I'm, I wish I would have written them down. Although I should go through my phone. I took so many pictures that day because it was, first of all, it was like 68, 69 degrees. Oh, and the so sun jealous. Was out and the sky was blue and the clouds were all like fluffy cartoon clouds. That's incredible. It was so amazing. And there were these rolling hills of like apple trees. And I was just like, I was trying to live in the moment, but I also knew that, you know, this is not the kind of weather we get in LA and I had to mm-hmm. like take videos and take pictures because I, I knew when I got back here and I started sweating my whole body, like just the whole, <laughs> just basically like living in a sweat box. <laughs> oh yeah. I was like, no. I, I need to be able to look back on this beautiful day where you can actually see my, my hair like in the wind <laughs> right know? yeah i i know exactly what you mean i've had a couple of really good halloweens out in utah because i have family out that way every once in a blue moon i go and it's it's crazy to go through like an actual corn maze and like a huge pumpkin patch and you're able to wear a sweater and not die mm. of heat stroke and you're like oh my god so this special. is what fall is yeah it's so special for those of you who live in a place where you get to wear a sweater and go to orchards really drink that in Because you haven't lived until you have gone to like a dirt parking lot where they just lay out like cardboard boxes of (laughs) pumpkins and it's 90 degrees. And it's also just. Ugh, it's the worst feeling. I don't know. I was, it was a really harsh reality when I moved to LA and like. It was like, so where are the orchards? And people were like, what are you talking about? And drive two miles or two hours away to just go to like a dirt patch. Yep. Yep. That's, that's what we got. And also like you buy those pumpkins so fast. Cause you're like, I'm going to like sweat to death out here. You're like, Oh, that one looks good. Let's go. Right. And it's not even really like picking the pumpkins. It's like, they're already no. pre-picked and just laid out for you. Yeah. I remember the first year that I lived here, I worked at this cute little toy shop in uh, Larchmont, which is kind of like this fancy celebrity neighborhood. And I loved the job because famous people came in all the time and I'd only lived there for like a month in L.A. So I was like, oh, my God, I've made it to Hollywood, you know. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, And we had all of these. I started working there in like September and the whole store was like 
done up with the best Halloween decorations and toys and craft supplies. It was like in Home Alone 2 Lost in New York, uh, Duncan's Toy Shop. It was Mm -hmm. like that, but Halloween instead of Christmas. Oh, that's rad. It was so cool. And I remember asking my coworker, like, where do you go to get pumpkins here? And he's like, oh, you you just buy them at the grocery store. (laughs) Oh, it's true, though. "Um, What? I was like, no, but like, what about like a like the pumpkin patch? And he's like, yeah, they have pumpkin. They have like little pumpkin patches at the grocery store. Yep. Yep. (laughs) They just set them up out front. And brainwashed. That's not what a pumpkin patch is. No, no. Yeah. They ship them in in big, uh, big containers. I would know because my wings for my Halloween costume this year were made out of pumpkin box container cardboard. So (laughs) yeah, that is amazing. That's like double Halloween. I know Um, it's in the core of my costume. So too funny. Oh my God. Wait, okay. I want to hear more about that. I know that's going to be coming up as your number two, but I just want to tell you about the other place we ended up going to. So we did apple picking and we did a hay ride and we had apple cider donuts and apple cider slushies at oh, the Honey Pot awesome. Orchard. Perfect day. And then when we were back in California, we went up to visit our friends in Sacramento and we went to the Cool Patch Pumpkins Farm in Dixon, California, where they have the largest corn maze, and it took us two and a half hours to get out of it. Oh, that's terrifying. It was nuts. Yeah, it was. We had a map, and with the map, that's how long it took. Oh my gosh, that is wild. It was wild. It was really fun, though. And when I got to the end, I like screamed and like ran out of the maze and was like, We did it. Like, I had never felt more accomplished. Because you're like, we're going to die in here. And you're like, oh, my gosh, wait, Mother yeah. Nature, we made it through. Yeah. Yeah. And and that place is further up north. They actually did have like real pumpkins growing in like a patch. So that was really fun. And they had pumpkin pie and apple pie. And they also had apple cider slushies, which is like one of my favorite things in the world. Yeah. Um, I've never had an apple cider slushie. Yeah. And literally, as we're talking about it, I'm like, could I buy a jug of fresh pressed apple juice and try to figure out how to make this? But I don't exactly have a slushie machine. Like, that's not a normal thing. So Wait, that should be a kitchen witch project for us is figure out Ooh. how to make these on our own. I kind of um, love this. So that's my number one favorite memory uh, is like we got to go to these two orchards. We got to we didn't pick pumpkins since, you know, we were out of state and up further north. But we did get to like roam through the pumpkin fields and we did actually pick apples and shipped. We put apples in my suitcase. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. (laughs) We did bring like 20 apples back from Massachusetts. I love that Uh, so much. Yeah, it was nice. And some apple butter, too, which was really cool. Uh, but yeah, getting to do like go on a hayride and have all the apple stuff and get to walk through a, a pumpkin patch and walk through a corn maze like that stuff I'm really hungry for every year and I usually don't get to do it. So number one, we're not doing them necessarily in a specific order, but yeah, no order, but <laughs> that's, that's such like a welcome in of autumn for sure. And that was part one of Halloween 2023 with Grimturn Nathan Cunliffe. For part two, subscribe on Spotify or Patreon. That's patreon.com slash it's always Halloween. That episode will also be out today. If you want to share your spine-tingling stories, art recommendations, or questions, please call into the All Hallows hotline at 
532-DEAD or write us that eek mail at it's always Halloween podcast at gmail.com. This episode of It's Always Halloween was produced by me, your forever haunted host, Luce Tomlin Brenner, with help from your fellow lanterns, Chelsea, Elizabeth, and Pamela. Many thanks to my guest co-host, Nathan Cunliffe, who supports the podcast as a grim turn, helping us out with graphic design and moderating our book club. Thanks to his fellow grim turn, Tom, who moderates our Discord and helps us with the ongoing episode archiving. This episode was co-produced and edited by Greg Nussen. Great job, Greg! Our theme music was written by Pete Burns, and our podcast art is by Rose Fedick. You can follow the show on Instagram at It's Always Halloween Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at LTB Comedy and Greg at Greg Nussen. You can follow Nathan at Wandering Wizards and at NC Illustration. If you're on Apple Podcast, please subscribe and write us a little review so that other like-minded lanterns can find us. They're a free and easy way to help us out. Thanks to everyone who has taken the time to write one so far. You've definitely made a huge difference. We're also on the NPR One app, so subscribe there and tell Ira Glass that you love us. Thanks so much for listening to yet another episode of It's Always Halloween. And please, come back next time. Unless you're too busy celebrating Satan's birthday!